0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. TDW prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18+. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
2: You're listening to KFI AM 640, the Bill Handel Show On Demand on the iHeartRadio app. The most common side effect is nausea. Patients also reported trouble sleeping and vivid, unusual, or strange dreams. Until you know how
0: Bill Handel may affect you, use caution when driving or operating machinery. And now, here's Bill Handel.
2: KFI AM uh, 640, Handle here. It is a uh, Thursday morning, May 4th. As uh, we continue the show, some of the big stories that uh, we're covering. It's uh, First of all, the weather. Uh, we were supposed to have a fairly light rain. I came in this morning, and there were places where I could not see 100 feet hundred feet in front of me. The rain was coming down as hard as it was a few weeks ago when we had those monumental end-of-the-world storms. And uh, Rider Strike Guild enters its day three, and a lot of people uh, are meeting at the White House. Uh, Google and Microsoft CEO... Facebook or Meta uh, CEOs are coming in to meet at the White House to discuss AI. And they're being, it's, uh, well, let me put it this way, it's being described as a frank discussion. Why they're talking about hot dogs, I have absolutely no idea. Now, let's get to what's going on at the schools. I always try to talk about LA Unified. Uh, first of all, it is uh, the second largest school district in the United States. Uh, It is, I think, the poster child of an ungovernable school district. One school day this week, L.A. Unified, uh, a double stab stabbing outside of a high school, Uh, multiple uh, fentanyl overdoses at a middle school, a traffic collision outside of an elementary school that badly injured a kid. So uh, Karen Bass and the school superintendent, Alberto Carvalho, and they're on the phone talking, what the hell do we do? Well, the good news, uh, no students died. That's terrific news. Uh, But we did have at least two students and a parent did die uh, at the school or near a school. Uh, Wilson High, two teenage honor students were stabbed. A mother struck by a car at Hancock Park Elementary School. And uh, uh, Narcan, dealing with fentanyl overdoses, has been administered 26 times. Now are those huge numbers uh, well I mean relative to the number of students I think what 450,000 students at LA Unified but the trend keeps going up and 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 there has to be a lot happening one of the things when you talk about the violence and this is what Carvalho said and this was after Uvalde in which uh, 19 children and two teachers were killed uh, Carvalho, uh, Carvalho said LA Unified began installing cameras in hallways Uh, areas where people congregate inside the schools, and uh, there was an immediate, uh, not uproar, but posting saying, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Who mans the cameras? For example, one parent said, we don't have the staff to sit and monitor. School isn't a prison. Well, the reality is schools can be very dangerous, and you really need people that man the cameras. What you need are cameras to tell people, to tell the authorities where they are. Let's say you call an active shooter at school. Active shooter, and all of a sudden you have a command center uh, that has all these cameras at all the schools, and you immediately plug in the school, and you're looking at the hallways, uh, you're looking at the cafeteria. I mean, that makes sense. So for parents that say that, I think, um, eh, come on, guys. I mean, that, that, that works, I believe. We'll see. Uh, the this, this district has totally revamped its comprehensive safety plan, still in development. And uh, right now, uh, you know how they're dealing with it? I mean, they're trying to uh, put cameras at the least. They're trying to get more officers. But what's happening is the immediate response to any one of uh, these horrific situations is the same. Uh, You temporarily provide extra counselors, especially when someone uh, has died, has been killed, even even accidentally killed. I remember that uh, when I was going to school and extra police patrols. Down the street from my house, there is an elementary school. And uh, when uh, my kids were little and you'd see all of these elementary school kids would be picked up and picked up by their parents and then walked home, we were talking about little ones. And uh, there was an accident in which someone driving an SUV uh, was right in front of the school and backed up and ran over a little girl who had run in in the back of uh, the SUV and the little girl was killed. And the entire neighborhood was completely devastated. And it was an LA Unified School District school. And what they did is uh, they brought in uh, crossing guards. I mean, front and back. And you couldn't drive through that place without being stopped four times with a traffic, traffic, uh, what do you call it, a crossing guard. Uh, Today, no crossing guard uh, because it gets old, it's expensive, gets old in the sense of uh, this happened, what, 20 years ago when my little ones were little ones? Not so little anymore. They're in their uh, late 20s. God, are they really? Are we getting that old
0: Maybe you are, but I'm not.
2: Oh yeah, you are.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that why yeah. I have an hour long Botox yeah. appointment today. <laughs> yeah, that'd be me. Okay, all
2: right. Another shooting, and this one is on Mar was on Market Street in San Francisco. Now keep in mind, San Francisco has exploded in crime, and uh, it's a very liberal, if not the most liberal city in uh, California. So. Uh, Whenever you have anybody shot, immediately, uh, especially someone unarmed, we think, uh, as you can imagine, the neighborhood is in an uproar. So this has to do with the shooting of this um, uh, victim, uh, and that's Banco Brown. And he is a homeless guy, well-respected, and described as beloved in the neighborhood, and an activist, and so all around a good guy. There is a security guard, uh, Michael Earl Wayne Anthony who was hired uh, by Walgreens. And uh, the story is, as is panning out, is that Banco Brown was shoplifting at Walgreens and uh, uh, Michael Earl Wayne Anthony, uh, the guard, stopped him. And this whole incident is being described as a shoplifting incident that went bad. So as is being described by the district attorney, uh, Brooke Jenkins, Uh, You've got Anthony stopping Brown because Brown was shoplifting. And they had an altercation. And somehow this altercation turned into some kind of a serious encounter. And Anthony ended up shooting uh, Banco Brown. And so that's an easy one. You've got an unarmed person you've got a security guard who shoots an unarmed person okay we're of course there's going to be a prosecution and the problem is for the neighborhood there is no prosecution because the DA said in a statement the evidence clearly shows that the suspect believed he was in mortal danger that michael anthony believed he was in mortal danger now we don't know exactly what happened uh, there is no indication uh, that uh, Benko Brown had a weapon. And all we're told is two things. There was an altercation and uh, that Anthony believed that he was in mortal danger. And here is uh, the statement that was made by the DA. We reviewed witness statements, statements from the suspect, video footage of the incident. And it doesn't meet the people's burden to be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury that the suspect is guilty of a crime. It's not to say that a crime was not committed. But according to the DA and other uh, prosecutors, if there is enough evidence to show reasonable doubt or anybody looking at it says, well, yeah, there's doubt it could have gone either way uh, then they're not going to bring forth prosecution, or they're not supposed to, because the burden of the prosecution is to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, people sometimes get beyond a reasonable doubt confused with beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, it's not beyond a shadow of a doubt. It is not evidence that there is no chance that there wasn't a uh, there wasn't a crime committed. And by the way, that happens. I mean, uh, and guess what happens? Uh, The defendants lose on that one, and big time. So the DA says that there was enough evidence here that a jury would look at it and say, you know what, there's reasonable doubt. By law, the jury has to say, if it is not proved by the prosecution, the defendant walks. That's what the judge says. That's what the jury is told. That's part of jury instructions. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, If there is reasonable doubt, you must acquit. You must render a not guilty verdict. And so the DA, she says um, that uh, the statements from the suspect, video footage, simply doesn't meet the people's burden to prove beyond that reasonable doubt that the jury, uh, to a jury, that the suspect is guilty of a crime. We cannot bring forward charges when there's credible evidence of reasonable self-defense. Doing so would be unethical and create false hope for successful prosecution. As you can imagine, uh, the neighborhood went nuts. Just nuts. And why is that? It's because you have an unarmed man who was shot. And uh, at least we're told that he was unarmed and uh, that he was a good guy in the community and he was homeless which has uh, brought the level of uh, victims to a, a, a new level. And the mother, of course, his mother, who I always give a pass with moms. And she said he didn't deserve to die. This was a senseless death. I, I guess in many ways it was. Uh, and uh, the uh, the shooter should be prosecuted and should be put in jail. Oh, they shouldn't say that. Moms and family members always get a pass. But I guarantee you, uh, if there are witnesses... And there are 25 witnesses in the neighborhood. You'll have 25 people saying uh, that the victim, especially when there's a police shooting, the victim was on his knees, hands in the air, saying, please, please don't shoot me, and the cop shot him. Inevitably, that will happen. Now, we're not hearing quite that, but pretty close. There was a rally uh, on Monday. uh, Hundreds of people crowded uh, around the closed Walgreens and talked about Brown. And talked about how Walgreens should be held accountable for Brown's death. And Mayor uh, Breed should be uh, found accountable because of her campaign promises to eradicate homelessness. And the city's transgender youth population. Oh, on top of that, the victim was transgender. Was African American and transgender. So you put those two together and you've got a victim on your hands. Now, the security guard, I think, was black, so at least it wasn't a white guy shooting a black, transgender, homeless person. Man, you put that one, and what do you have? Well, you have a, a made-for-TV show is what you do. That's what happened. So uh, a local Whole Food store closed downtown uh, a year after it opened. Nordstrom's closed, and they're all upset. The people in the neighborhood are screaming, how dare you close these stores? It goes to show you how unfair you are. And the executives at these stores are saying the crime is too high. We're losing our
0: shirts. That was Nordstrom's yesterday called it a dynamic change, a dynamics change in that area. Yeah, it's just the,
2: the crime It is so crime ridden market street down there. You can't walk down the street. Now, there is a peacock. And I'm talking about Peacock, uh, the network, a a documentary that just came out. And it has to deal with Eric and Lyle Menendez. And uh, let me give you the backstory. Remember that? I mean, that name should be instantly recognizable. I can't believe this went back to 1996. Is it really almost 20 years ago? Wow. And these are the two brothers who shot and killed their parents in Beverly Hills Uh, are now asking the court to vacate the conviction. And they're saying there's new evidence from this series that alleged their father sexually assaulted a former underage member of Menudo. Remember Menudo? Uh, That ridiculous boy band, one of the first boy bands out there.
0: Ricky Martin
2: with the little guy in Menudo. Yeah. And so uh, one of the defenses, matter of fact, the main defense that uh, Eric and Lyle Menendez had was their dad abused them so badly that they were in such fear of their very lives that they shot him up and killed their mother. And this was with shotguns and shooting him in the head. And there was a lot to it. And the argument was uh, that all they wanted was to inherit the money. And uh, parents are worth $14 million, but that was 1996. So today, $14 million is worth about $240 uh, because of inflation. In any case, um, they... We're going to spend the money. And their defense was that had nothing to do with it. In the meantime, immediately after the parents died, they go out and buy Rolexes and sports cars and take vacations having the time of their lives. Very upset that their parents died, clearly. And so that was part of the prosecution. And their defense was, oh, no, no, we were so badly traumatized and abused and fearful for our lives. That's why we killed our parents. There was never an issue as to whether they killed their parents or not.
0: Why did they kill the mom?
2: Uh, because she was there, and I don't think that ever came out. Uh, they were caught up always, in it, or she let uh, she, she let, let, let her husbands. dad yeah do all that. Okay. and there was no there's no issue. You killed uh, they killed the parents, and uh, they argued the sexual abuse. Uh, the prosecution basically said, is there any uh, corroboration? Is Is anybody here to testify? No, we don't have anybody. It's just our testimony. So the jury had a couple of choices, manslaughter, murder. Couldn't agree. It was a hung jury. And so it's a retrial. And because there was no corroboration, the second judge said, you will not be able to even enter the defense of sexual abuse, and they were convicted, life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Okay, that's on, and then they appealed it. Uh uh-uh, uh, done. Now, this documentary series comes out talking about one of the boy, uh, one of the Menudo boy uh, who, members who were abused by Eric and Lyle's father. The same thing. And what the uh, Menendez brothers are doing, saying, hey, This guy, our father, abused and raped young boys. That's new evidence. We need a new trial. We have to bring this in. And is asking the appeals court to overturn, uh, either overturn the conviction or ask for a new trial, which they they can do, uh, one and the same. Uh, And so those are the two choices. Now, is it going to be granted? Because this is new information. There's no question about it. However, the question is the timing. The question is, uh, is should the judge have let this information on the second trial even into court? And we're going to bring Wayne in, and that's the case. Do they have a case? Are they going to get a new trial? It's my own version of "Do they have a case?" Usually, Wayne brings them aboard. I'm I've brought one to the table, and this has to do with a new documentary that just came out from Peacock, and it references and deals with Eric and Lyle Menendez, who in 1996 killed their parents. They were tried, uh, they were convicted of murder on a second trial. Wayne, uh, since you do a far better job of recapping than I do, uh, can you quickly put it together before we go forward? Yeah, well, all right.
1: Sure. The Menendez brothers killed their parents with shotguns. They shot them a bunch of times when they saw their mom was still alive after being shot several times. One of them ran out to the car, reloaded the shotgun, came back in and shot her in the head. First trial, the jury was allowed to choose between first degree murder or manslaughter. Based on the idea that the Menendez brothers had been uh, sexually abused and also had been threatened with death, should they ever tell anybody about the sexual abuse at the hands of their father. And in those trials, the jury hung as to both of them between manslaughter and murder, meaning at least half or so of the juries believed them. They had a retrial. And at that time, the judge said, you know, there's a new Supreme Court case and it says I can't allow you. Or I'm concluding that I cannot allow you to present the abuse as a defense. And that's and based con- on wait,
2: sorry, that's based on there was no corroboration. And I'm assuming that was the reason. I'm not sure what was specifically in that Supreme Court case at the time that
1: the judge cited, but he didn't just make the decision willy-nilly. Right. He said, I'm looking at this case and I don't think I can allow this. And the jury convicted them both of first degree. Murder. They appealed all the way up to the state Supreme Court. None of that worked. Lost everything. Went into federal court, which you can do. They said no. Went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. They said no. Here we are now, many years later, and they have filed a petition for a writ of habeas corpus. They want to open this up again. Mark Garagos is uh, one of their two attorneys and he is saying there's new evidence. Okay, let
2: me stop you again. Would you explain uh, a writ of uh, uh, habeas corpus? Habeas corpus. Yeah.
1: That is, well, that's basically where you say order, order, uh, the, order that this person be brought before the court so they may challenge their detention or their incarceration to explain that they have an opportunity to
2: explain why they shouldn't be in jail. And this goes back common law hundreds and hundreds of years. I think almost to the Magna Carta. I mean, it goes back far. So anyway. uh, So now
1: now there's two pieces of new evidence that they are citing that they should be allowed to come back into court and argue that the conviction's no good. One of them is what's being reported in the news that the guy who used to be in the band Minuto in a documentary about the Menendez brothers says that he also was uh, sexually assaulted by their father. And the other piece of information that's not being talked about is, uh, it's a letter from one of their their uh, cousins that was written back at the time when they were kids, where I think it's Eric is writing to the cousin saying, hey, we're trying to avoid our father. We're trying to stay away from him because he's doing these things to us that would be contemporaneous evidence uh that
2: it was right. happening. And they want to bring that into evidence to open up the trial, either either overturn the conviction outright or new trial because of new evidence. As I said to Ann and asked you to come and uh, join me, which I always do on these kinds of cases, uh Anne said what t- uh which side are you going to take, Bill? And I said I don't care. Whatever uh that whatever Wayne is going, whatever side Wayne is going, I'm going to take the other side. So Uh, Wayne, uh, you say no, right? Well, I
1: I think the problem here. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not like, I'm not pulling a, like, I hate these guys. So I don't care what they say. They don't get anything. They're making it sound like this is blockbuster new evidence. However, couple of things. One, one of, one of it is not really evidence at all. It's a guy saying something happened. That's not really, to me, evidence, although it's an allegation and it's not an allegation of abuse against one or both of the Menendez brothers without it by saying I a completely different person who did not shotgun them to death. I I was abused by this guy. And then the other one is, yes, he was uh, one of them was writing to their cousin and was talking about some bad behavior going on. But here's the thing that OK, so the one thing is new. The guy from the new that's new. It's not really evidence that's that germane to whether or not they were abused. The other the letter is germane because it means back before they killed them, they were saying, hey, we're being abused. There was already in the first trial evidence that they were being abused. So in a way, this is not new either. Because yep, but there it already was other evidence. The issue here is not new evidence of the abuse. The issue is in the second trial, was the judge fatally constitutionally wrong for prohibiting the evidence of right. abuse?
2: Now, I know you uh, you uh, quoted a Supreme Court case, and I am saying I'm still arguing, and I will argue for the sake of this argument, that there is enough there Uh, That that is uh, enough for the jury to have at least heard that information. Uh, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying this is not frivolous. This is not harmless error. Uh, This is not bringing in something that wouldn't affect what the jury would hear. However, you have a Supreme Court case, which, by the way, for the light of uh, the life of me, I don't understand why the court does not allow a Supreme Court case. It had to be uh, something that was uh, in a a different, uh, obviously, a different set of circumstances. Couldn't be on point that somehow the judge connected it and said, here's what I'm going to do. And the appeals court all agreed with the judge, which, uh, by the way, I would say, Uh, that they have a case against that, but we've talked about judges going squirrely. I don't Mm -hmm. know the decision, but I would argue that if the appeals court upheld the lower court's decision not to allow that kind of evidence in, it's a squirrely decision. And I don't know uh, what the... um, uh, the makeup of the court uh, was it?
1: Well, bad? it went through. It went through several no, I levels in state court it, it and did. several levels in federal court, and, and they all they all said there was no problem right. with what the judge did. What there's one. I know we're out of time, but one thing there's one wrinkle. There was a law passed in California in 2016, somewhat recently compared to these events, that says if you were convicted of a crime in a trial where you were not allowed to present evidence of abuse. You can try for another bite at the apple, and that law might make this fly for them.
2: Okay. So uh, there is, there are both sides of this one. This isn't that clear cut, although there's no chance, by the way. I agree agree with Wayne. They're going to sit there and just enjoy themselves for the the rest of their lives in prison. You think they were abused by the father. Boy, I can't wait uh, to tell you about what happened during prison. Uh, All right, we're done. Prison is not a fun place to be. It really isn't. Uh, Let's uh, go ahead and take a break. Coming up, Jason Middleton, uh, macro with Jason. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You've been listening to the Bill Handel Show. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?